0: Welcome to Recovery Talks. This is Leah Wetzel, uh, Montana's Peer Networks Recovery Coach. And I'm here with all of my coworkers doing my favorite kind of podcast around table talk. This month's theme is, is goal setting. And so first I'm gonna have everybody please introduce themselves and we'll get into our conversation.
1: My name's Bill Dievel. I'm the Mentoring and Membership Coordinator for Montana's Peer Network.
3: My name's Bill Hartford. I'm the Peer Services Coordinator for Montana's Peer Network.
2: And my name is Amanda Walton. I am the Training Coordinator for MPN. And as I said before, I'm a recovery coach
0: for MPN. And so just thinking about, you know, where we were within our addictions, and goals really never took place in that. I know for me, there was a lot of pipe dreams and there was a lot of delusion that I had, you know, I had things going for myself or it would be easy to just get things back. But tell me a little bit about your guys' life within the midst of your addiction and then we'll go into to our lives now.
2: I'll go ahead and start. So um, this is Amanda. And, you know, for me, mental health was the foundation of my struggles. And often mental health, whenever we're having struggles with that, it can lead to other things like self-medicating for, you know, using substances of various kinds Um, and having ultimately an unhealthy relationship and seeking, seeking to support my mental health with things outside of myself and outside of behavioral health care like counseling and such like that. So, you know, whenever I was at my worst, I was having trouble differentiating um, the various experiences that I was having because of my mental health conditions. And that is what ultimately led me to uh, use substances because I wanted to have a reason to feel the insanity that I felt every day and be able to cope with it. So, you know, it, it gives that level of not feeling no matter what the substance is, right? And so, you know, and, and that inability to differentiate is what led me to realize later on that I did not have the ability to set goals because I didn't even know what I wanted. I was in this fog, so to speak, that uh, kept me from being able to be present with life and be the person that I wanted to be and be the parent that I knew that my children needed. So, you know, that's where I was. And it was just this huge jumbled mess of inaction, of insecurity, of emotional instability. So, you know, that's that's where I have been. And that's where, you know, goal-setting really began with me realizing that I needed to be more present, and only I could be responsible for the changes that needed to be made. I couldn't rely on anybody else. Ultimately, it's, it was me, so.
3: And this is Bill Hartford, and yeah, thinking about goals and and my idea of goals when I was in the midst of my my addiction, uh, My I like many other people who struggle with uh, substance use, I also had PTSD from my military experience and depression and other things, anxiety to go along with that, and uh, so what I was trying to do, uh, how I ultimately where I landed in my addiction was trying to control how I felt. I wasn't I wasn't okay just just dealing with life's feelings as they as they happen. I wanted to feel good all the time, and early in my addiction, the 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 drugs I was taking made me feel good all the time, and I thought, hey. If I can feel this way all the time, life would be perfect. And so I was continually trying to, to restack. My goal was to feel good all the time. That was my main goal. And as it so often happens in addiction, I, my body got used to the substances and I spiraled farther and farther down. And eventually I got to the point where my goal was just to survive the day. It wasn't to feel good. It was just to survive. And I got to the point where I never did achieve that, that happy, good warm fuzzy feeling again I was using to feel kind of normal and consequently the, the the opiates I was taking was making my depression worse it was not making it better and so my goal my goals that I had before as far as education and my career and my family those all went out the window and the one goal I was focused on every single day was to survive but it was to use and survive to the next day. And I worried about the next day, the next day. And it was just a constant cycle of get up, use, feel awful, feel a little bit better, use, feel awful, around and around and around. And so I know that I had some other lofty goals before I was deep in my addiction. So I spent, as I said, I spent time in the military. So I had goals of rank and position and a career. I had goals in education, you know, degrees and a career. I achieved some of those goals, but I reached a point where where I was afraid to be successful. And I was afraid if I did well, what else would they expect of me? And I won't be able to feel good then. So I know that 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 those goals took a complete backseat. They are forgotten. And my goal was to survive from one day to the next uh, until I was able to finally accept and understand that I had a problem, that I could do something about it. And I got into recovery and then my goal was to actually live, not just survive, but to live and to be the kind of person that I needed to be because in my using, there was no goal other than to just not die. And sometimes even that was the goal.
1: Thanks, Bill. This is also Bill from NPN. You know, when I was in the throes of my mental health and addiction challenges, you know, I don't know that I can say that I had any goals in the aspects of thinking as, as them as goals. You know, it was, where am I going to sleep? Do I get to eat today? How am I going to get my next fix? So I have reasons to feel the way that I'm feeling. There wasn't really any structured goals whatsoever. Like Bill was saying before, I was just trying to get through each day. I would have little goals of, oh, I'm going to go to the job service place, the day center places. I'm going to work two or three days so I can have a little bit of money in my pocket. We all knew uh, what that money would go for, but that was like, those were like little, little like goals that I had that I never looked at as goals. I looked at them as, Opportunity for me to be able to do the things that I wanted to do at the time. So I'm trying to to think back on a specific goal while I was in the midst of my mental health and substance use challenges. And there's one thing that comes to mind. I had a a neighbor of my dad's gave me a car, and all I had to do was license and register it. Um, And so I went to one of those day center places and I worked for two or three weeks. This is when I lived in Washington. So I went down to the admissions place so that um, I could get the admissions inspection and then get it licensed and registered. Well, it didn't pass admissions. And there went that goal. I had had quite a bit of money saved up so I could do all those things. Um, And so one little, one little snag and off to the dope house I went because then it was going to be a whole new slew of things that I'd have to do. I had no follow through. So no real goals, no real ambition, mostly survival mode during that time of my life.
0: Thank you, Bill. And so for me, I grew up in a family of, of highly highly overachievers and i knew early on i was struggling like i was struggling with with issues because i was overeating i was doing self-harm by the time i was a teenager i had attempted suicide at at 12 years old like i i had struggles but I would like go through spurts and patterns throughout my life. And, and I still do, and I have to watch for those. And of course, by the time I was 13, I, I was drinking and, and so on and so forth. And throughout my spurts of, of you know, I guess coming to, I, I started my own company by 19. I was the uh, first ever in BIA history to uh, be bonded by BIA to do a, do a job for them. I was actually out in Crow Agency. You know, I, I always did good in school, you know, so things came, came, came easy. And I always was able to have family when I did get in trouble, you know, run, run to save me. And then it got to the point where, where I got in so much trouble that, that my parents couldn't save me. And by then, of course I was, I was hooking into the heroin, the meth, the opiates. But every time I would get sober, I would wanna get, edu- I love getting educated. I loved being involved. I loved, I loved doing, doing the things that, that I was raised to, to that I was raised around and, But I just never knew how to continue to have those things. I'd get out of being incarcerated or I'd get out of being out of some, you know, mental health or or addictions facility and I would go right back to it. And my state of mind was so far off that I literally had this illusion that, oh, all I have to do is stop and I can get my my family back I can get my my house back my vehicle back my business back oh and come up with these you know just I think of it now just crazy ideas but at the time it seemed genius but that's how far gone I was and my big brother would tell me you're living a pipe dream and I, and and those words still lingered on you know, and, and my stepdad would tell me, you know, there's, there's nothing, nothing, no substance to what you you're saying. It's, it's only words. You need to practice what you preach. And so not until, not until I got introduced to uh, the programs of recovery, the rooms of recovery um, support, you know, my circle of support, And it takes a tribe to keep me up, but not until then was I able to start actually delivering goals and, and sticking by goals, but I'll hand it a soft, let's just go into that conversation about when goals started, started living within our lives. When, when we started succeeding and all that good stuff.
2: All right. So I will pick back up. Uh, this is Amanda. And, you know, I, I had mentioned a few minutes ago that that for me, it was all about my mental health. That is what I had to focus on. And so that actually maintaining my mental and emotional stability, my mental and emotional wellness has been my largest overarching goal throughout the experiences of life. And so I, I went on a quest to learn as, and grow my knowledge as much as possible um, on, on my beingness, so how I am in the moment, how I respond to things whenever I start feeling myself becoming heightened emotionally, so reaching those intense um, emotional stages and phases that caused me to cycle in the past and what I could do to redirect. But see, knowledge is only half the battle, right? The other part of it is putting what we learn into action. And part of what keeps us stuck a lot of times is we know the tools and skills. We know it, but we just are stuck in how to apply it. And that application is that action phase. And so, my main goal is even to this day, you guys are all aware, you know, my mom passed in December very unexpectedly. And so one thing that I have been doing throughout this past few weeks is really being mindful of how I am doing so that I don't lash out and I don't become angry and bitter and come across as completely unapproachable to other people because whenever I do that, I start spiraling backwards. And that's when in the past I have ended up reaching out outside of myself. For love and acceptance, and I found that in unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy habits, unhealthy associations, playgrounds, playmates—you know—that whole whole dynamic that is is very unhealthy. And you know, I've reached out to my coworkers, I've re- reached out to friends, and and developed a closer connection with family than I have in a long time to- than I've had in a long time. And you know, that's that's my goal my primary goal realizing that i can i can change how i'm responding to something and impact the outcome and that that's overarching in every every aspect of my life i become then i'm able to realize other goals that i had you know being more financially stable and secure so that in the event of an emergency i'm not struggling with with finances on how i'm going to make it through the few days or few weeks that i may not be working or whatever because i need to care for myself right making sure that i maintain healthy relationships with my husband and my children because our children see how we respond to distress and crisis and that profoundly impacts you know i don't want my kids to learn the unhealthy coping behaviors that i picked up and grew. I want them to see that transformation and change is possible and that they, and and help them feel empowered that they can make the changes that they see me making. And so, you know, the connection, we have lived under this um, conditioned illusion of separation that we have to go through things alone. And, you know, my realizing that I, I can make that change and I can be willing to be vulnerable and accept support from others and be the support for others that I have needed for myself in the past, that, that has been profoundly influential. And, and that is what, is what has really brought me to a place and space where life just keeps getting easier and better. And it's not to say that there's not difficult times and that there's not struggles because there is. Um, Grief is huge, and I really had a hard time for a couple of weeks. Um, But knowing that I have it within me to make it through whatever comes my way, and it doesn't always have to be a catastrophe, I don't have to catastrophize everything. And so as you can hear from what I'm saying, most of my stuff is very personal, very internal work. And those that's what all of my goals are surrounding um, because that impacts every experience, every relationship, everything that I do in life.
3: Thank you, Amanda. That, that's some fantastic, fantastic viewpoints and, and, and perspective. I really appreciate seeing that and, and understanding that about you as you're going through this time uh, with, with, with all of us as well. And yeah, I, I really commend you for the, for the way you've, you've, you've handled things and, and uh, I'm not sure I, I would be able to handle it with as much grace. So, um, so yeah, so with, with uh, thinking about my own recovery and my own goals and achieving and setting and reaching goals in recovery, uh, I had to simplify my goals I uh, I had some crazy lofty ideas about what I was going to achieve and uh, kind of like Leah was mentioning you know all I got to do is stop using and, and I'll get everything everything back that I lost and everything will be happy and fine and uh, I had to slow way down and I had to understand that my goal was to do the next right thing and After I put together a few next right things I learned that I could start setting goals that had that had some. uh, They had some substance to them. Uh, I started, I had the ability to set what are known as smart goals uh, specific measurable attainable relevant and timely I didn't really have that in mind when I was doing it as I was recovering in early my recovery, but but now I know that that as long as i keep my one foundational goal of doing the next right thing i don't get overwhelmed because like a lot of people in recovery even people who are not in recovery it's easy to catastrophize and almost overwhelm myself with things that shouldn't that normally would not be overwhelming I'll allow myself to be overwhelmed and and you know things on comes the anxiety and on comes the panic and on comes the, the depression and and if I, if I slow things down, then I'm able to to focus on my my very next correct thing and, and sometimes that's that's a, just doing something I had to do with work. sometimes just going to a meeting, sometimes' working with a, with a sponsee with my sponsor. sometimes it's it's finishing a project I have for work. Uh, sometimes just having a conversation with somebody that, that I've been putting on and simplifying my, uh, my idea of what a proper goal is has been crucial for me and it's made things a whole lot simpler as I've gone through my recovery. Uh, I put a couple of years together by now and, and I sure don't know everything and I sure haven't achieved superstar stature in, in, any, in any part of my life, but I've, I'm able to live the way, live, live my principles. I've I've been able to be a good dad, I've tried to be a good husband. I've done a couple of good things in my work and I'm working with some fantastic people now and in a job that I really like. Now my goal is to to do the next right thing and, and help as many people as I can because that's kind of how we how we get through this.
1: Thanks, Bill. You know, as I was as I was thinking about goals to start, like at the very beginning. Of a goal that I had in mind when I really wasn't even in recovery was when I got arrested for the last time. I didn't know it was gonna be the last time I got arrested. But I wanted, I knew I was gonna do jail time. I knew I was gonna be on DOC probation. And right off the bat, I thought to myself, I would like to complete probation without getting a violation, to just get in and out as fast as i could i didn't know i didn't know necessarily at that time that that was a goal more of a a wish this is really what i really liked to be able to do because i was getting put in an adult timeout and i didn't like that and so i wanted to be free from supervision and and things kind of progressed from there I didn't know I was going to stay in recovery. I didn't know I was going to address my mental health and substance abuse issues at the same time, which was crucial for me to be able to stay in recovery. And so moving through that time, there's a lot of goals that, that happened, but I didn't set them. And being able to look back at my journey, those were definite goals that happened a driver's license, getting a car, getting a bank account. Those are all goals that I didn't necessarily set. That just happened because I stayed in recovery. And like Bill was saying, I was learning how to string together a few right choices in a row. And so that's a result of that. And then I became employable. You know? Wow. After five years in recovery, I was able to be employable. And so how do I implement goal setting as part of my recovery routine now, where I'm intentionally looking at my future and I'm intentionally moving towards something that I do not have yet, where... I can visualize it. I can actually feel it. I understand it. And I move forward on a daily basis for those things to happen. And that becomes part of my daily recovery routine. And so I don't necessarily use the smart goals in that way. It would probably be wise if I implemented smart goals that way, but, uh, Just for an example, for 2021, I had three goals for 2021. and, And I was able to reach one out of the three. But just because I didn't reach all three in 2021 doesn't mean that I don't get to extend that, continue on that path, and reach those goals. And so in 2022, I have a very intentional goal, which is to practice self-care as part of my routine. And, and so I have, I have done some things and have implemented some things this past December so that when 2022 rolls in, I have a good foundation to start doing more self-care. And that encompasses my whole life. When I do self-care, all areas of my life improve and that's something in 2021 that i recognized that if i do this one thing which is self care all the other areas in my life are going to improve
0: thank you bill so for me i had to learn to start accepting things for for what they were myself for who i was a lot of my life i wasn't able to see myself for who I was I had this disillusion that I was less than that I was you know different than others and and as I got educated on on who I am my roots where I come from you know my diagnosis my diagnosis is I started being able to really be more in touch with myself Um, One of my biggest battles of acceptance was learning I had a traumatic brain injury. And I went into depression for quite a while. Because growing up, I had, you know, I was on honor roll when I was in college, I had a 4.0, you know, things came easy to me. But I then realized that, that that was really a blessing in disguise because having that, that brain injury really humbled me. Um, my ego was no longer there. It was like, I was a new person. I was grateful for, for so much, um, and realized I took so much for granted, uh, early on in my sobriety, I lost, uh, my only sibling, uh, while I was in prison and I got out and, and my real dad passed away and I lost my, my stepdad this past, not this past november but the november before and so i only had myself to to hold myself up and and i realized it was within my choices of who i surround myself with am i going to you know go back to my same old behaviors after i get out of drug court and i just learned to surround myself with positive people people that were going places actually some of my best friends are are the two coordinators for for drug and veterans court um, are a couple of my best friends now my my old po sends me referrals you know and i just continued to surround myself with with people that were going places and i learned that being self-sufficient felt really good being able to buy my kids uh, what they needed, being able to pay rent, all those things, and and when I started out, it was just daily goals. Sometimes minute by minute, just self talk, talking myself through. And I got a sponsor in AA and, a, and a, a mentor in the Red Road, and got back in touch with my my family, my roots, and got got talking to my elders, and had good you know good leaders in my life and um, those goals turned in from daily to, to weekly, to monthly, to, you know, then I'm setting, you know, one year, three year, five year and I'm starting to achieve these things. And what helped me too is I, I, I got a calendar and I got a daily thing and I literally check things off as I go. And something about that, visualizing that really helps me. And same with my my medicine wheel I keep. That's my self-care. When I'm feeling off balance, I check and I go, what am I, what have I done for myself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? And a lot of times I'm able to see, you know, where where I need to stop and take a pause and and work on things. And I'm not saying any of this is easy. It's not. But I also kept in the back of my mind, if I can put in half the time I did to try to go get that of adult for something positive, then then I'm achieving what I want, what I want to be. And so now I don't have all those amazing things in that, that life, you know, that extravagant life I had, you know, being able to just fly out to Arizona for the winners and and all of that but I'm okay with that you know I'm in a I'm in an apartment a subsidized apartment but my kids each have their own rooms um I have a nice vehicle I just started my own LLC so I'm a CEO for LLC it will be coming up a year now People call me up and ask me to to partner with them on events and collaborate with them on things. I'm the vice president for the North Central Montana Missing Murdered Indigenous Task Force. I'm able to help people. And I was just re I was just listening to the radio last night and this guy said that that people that help others and have a moment of gratitude for even up to three minutes a day that their life expectancy is longer and that we have something called the mother teresa syndrome you know and that's that's us right here we're all you heal- were all you know i believe healers you know us that are are on this path of of helping others you know we're chosen by a creator and i believe you know we're all we're a very spiritual person and i believe that we're all where we're supposed to be at right right when we're supposed to be and so if you're listening to this I hope you hear something on this podcast that that hits home with you and that you can take with you and and just remember you're never alone and so thank you for joining us for this episode of recovery talks
1: recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible
2: recovery works Recovery is possible.
0: Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery
1: works and recovery is possible.
0: possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.